0: witches in the tribe house, witches in the with we, we got witches in the
1: this podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you what's up weirdos rejects and free spirits welcome back to another episode of coven of rejects i'm your host gemini as always sit back clutch your crystals and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. you guys are going to love this week's episode i want to get in some announcements with you guys first and if you're brand new to the podcast you can watch this full interview and previous coven of rejects interviews and interviews from my other podcast, Lick It Like a Lollipop, over on Patreon. All of that would be available to you. It is patreon.com slash covenofrejects. There's also a bunch of other content on that platform. I offer mentorship through that platform, um, monthly spell workings, uh, additional content that I can't place other places, um, collaborations with other creators. I have podcast episodes that have never been aired publicly. Um, additional segments, uh, true crime and witchcraft over there, a series on dark goddesses. And we're actually going to be touching about dark goddesses inside of this episode. So it all ties together. If you are going to be watching this interview over on Patreon, you're getting an extended version of this week's episode. Um, There are a lot of pieces that I cut out as we made this an interview that could be put onto the podcast platform, Um, but you guys are going to be getting all kinds of additional content over on patreon the beginner witch tier that's the five dollar tier is going to have the same video that uh the podcast is there won't be anything from deleted scenes um but the sorceress tier and above you guys are all going to be having the extended version of the interview Now, while this isn't necessarily a witchcraft podcast, I am a witch doing the podcast. So um, there are some things that I incorporate into my practice like Lost Trail Coffee. They actually sponsor our podcast. It is owned by one of my very best friends, Ryan. We call her the Enchantress. You can listen to her episodes that she had here on the podcast with me. Um, the episodes are team psychic vagina and TPV and the mushrooms on your dick. And it'll all make sense when you listen to those episodes, why they were named that. We also co-teach a personalizing your Crafts class, which I will tell you about after we get into the details of this coffee. So there are five different flavors. I actually, um, let me tell you a little secret. I recently ordered the whole bean on accident i always get ground coffee and as soon as i opened the bag and i opened uh red mountain sumatra which is going to be the first coffee that i tell you guys about but when i opened that bag the smell was so much more robust than I've ever had coffee smell before. And I realized it's because of the whole uh, bean not being ground. So I've been grinding it myself. I thought you had to be some fancy bitch and have a coffee grinder. Turns out, no, you can just use a magic bullet. So the Red Mountain Sumatra or the Red Mountain Kama Sutra, as I call her, um, this is one that I would recommend for coffee scrying. It's full body and earthy to help ground you while opening up your third eye and other senses to help you focus and see. It illuminates messages that you haven't been seeing in that black mirror. Um, the hell's revenge flavor for creativity spells. It has hints of hazelnut and hazelnut is for inspiration, granting your wishes, wisdom, luck, old school, Joe, I recommend for cleansing your tarot decks. So that one, you're going to want the whole bean for it. You would keep the beans inside of your box or your drawer with your cards and it just helps cleanse them and keep away negative energy. The Rubicon Espresso is for energy attraction and affirmation. So it has hints of milk chocolate, which represent the throat chakra, balance, raising your emotional vibration, friendship, nourishment, self-love. So you stir your coffee in the morning, uh, speaking positive words about yourself, what you want to exude and attract that day. And then you absorb all that energy in while you're drinking your coffee and rethinking about that energy. Um, and then the forties French roast is for helping to keep, um, nightmares away. You can burn the coffee like an incense to keep away negative energy, spirits, and nightmares, and it's a full body roast. So it makes the smell a lot more potent, which makes your banishing spell work more intense. So if you're somebody who's doing a lot of banishing workings or you're using coffee in a way, maybe for more baneful practices and you want a little extra heat on there. That '40s French roast and it also tastes really fucking bomb, so you'll love to drink it too. You can get 10% off uh, losttrailcoffee.com on any of their coffees by using code C O R P O D, and that is the link and the code and everything are put in the description wherever you are listening to this podcast, including if you are on Patreon, it is in the description of the episode. So now the personalizing your craft classes. So we are enrolling. We only take a limited amount of students. um, And the next round that we have is going to be starting March uh, 2024. I already have it posted on my website. You are going to want to go over there to sign up in advance because spots always fill up. We talk about personalizing your craft. So we're not, just geared towards those that do witchcraft, although we are teaching the witchcraft basics of things. So myself, having come from an organized religion, I understand the unconditioning that you do when you have been taught a lot of fear-based mindsets and um, you're trying to, or you're just trying to learn something new that is completely different for you. Some people, maybe you don't come from a religious background, but you come from something different or you don't have any idea at all. The class is constructed to teach you how to apply things to your individual life. So we go over basics in spell work, basics in protection magic. We talk about what witches circles are, the history of them, how you use them, when you use them, how to construct them. We talk. About about the beginning basics of dream interpretation. We start breaking into astronomical astrology and some other topics too. So um, I highly recommend it's $125 for six weeks. Not only are you getting the group class, but then you're also getting myself and ryan the enchantress at your disposal to ask questions at all that you have about your practice um your craft constructing it breaking down any beliefs like whatever it is that you need for support we would be there for you i do have three classes Um, but you have to take class one in order to take class two and class one and two to take class three. So if you want to join us, head over to covenofrejects.com. You'll find it under classes. That is also where you will be able to book readings with me. Mediumship readings, tarot readings. I have uh new client readings. If you're kind of not sure what direction you would want to go in with things, you're like, I don't really know that much about the mentorship. I don't know, um, what, you know, whatever it is, whatever kind of support. Or, and you have questions about or you want a little reading or whatever go onto my website book that new client appointment if you've never seen me before and let's get it popping i'd love to meet you I'm really excited about today's guest this is actually somebody that has been down on my list as somebody that I wanted to have on the podcast I reached out to her multiple times various ways you're gonna hear and hear me tell her you didn't respond and tell me no so I just took it as a you haven't seen my message yet and you're still thinking about it and I just sent her message everywhere messages everywhere I put it out into the universe I told people about it and the reason being her brain is full of so much information and whether or not you have the same opinion as somebody doesn't mean that they shouldn't have respect for their viewpoints and for all of the research that they do in things and the logic that they have behind themselves to back things up. As you're going to hear she has had so many different spiritual experiences just inside of this lifetime alone and it is was truly awesome getting to talk to her. Um, she is somebody that I would want to have back on the show. Absolutely dive into more things. Um, I feel like a little, a little piece of my bucket list. I got to check off. I'm super happy about it. And I just know that you guys are going to love this episode. So if you don't already follow Witchfoot, please go give her a follow. As I just said, and as I always say, we don't have to agree with each other's opinions to um, lend to support to other practitioners, other healers, other spiritualists, and um, maybe learn some different things or listen to topics that push us outside of our comfort zone. So with no further ado, here is fucking Witchfoot. Welcome to the Covenant of Rejects
2: podcast.
0: Oh me, sorry. You can do that over if you want to. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was your intro, you know, like to them. My bad.
1: That's all right. No, I always do the intro um like personalized per episode because there's sometimes there's shit that I think of or stuff that comes up that like was not in fruition when I did the interview and like announcements I want to make or something. So I do them separate. Oh,
0: well, that's all right. That would be my typical dumbass response anyway. So we're
1: just sat here like hello.
0: Yeah, I'm like waiting for you.
1: <laughs> so, um, you share so much information on your TikTok, but something that I don't see a lot of is like your spiritual journey and how you got to where you are. And I want to learn about you. So, I would love to start with what spirituality were you raised in, and then how do you spiritually identify yourself now?
0: Okay. Um, I was raised in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Back when I was raised, it was about this big. And I was raised in a Southern Baptist church. Um, I left the church at 10, but I don't have any trauma from church at all. Um, I don't even remember. I wasn't in the main part of the church, but I don't ever remember hearing anything about the well the Leviticus laws. I don't think those ever came up in any conversation at home or anything, but um I left at 10 because uh I was a weird little kid and the deacons couldn't the preacher couldn't answer certain questions. Um and then I just I never lost faith in something higher. Uh I just knew that Christianity was not it and uh
2: from then until
0: uh, 31 or 32 is when I converted to Hinduism. But during that span in between life happening, um, I read about every single religion or religious philosophy um, that existed. Until what happened with Hinduism why I switched to Hinduism is everything that I already had discovered to be true science wise was already in the the Vedic and other holy texts. And uh, it was a Hindu family that helped me get to that because there's no official conversion, but it is a lifestyle change. And then uh, that's what I thought I was going to be. Uh, period, <laughs> uh, and then in February, January—I have to look at my—January, February of this year, um, I went from Hinduism to Ifa, which is a African traditional religion, spirituality really.
1: Is that a spirituality where like you have to be invited into it or like initiated or anything?
0: There is an initiation into IFA. Yes, uh, it is initiation-based. Um, and the thing is, is even if you pay your initiation fee when you go in to have your life reading, uh, they cannot accept you. Not the priests. It'll come out in the reading, whether oh. you're accepted or not. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Okay, so do you, is it kind of like, um, something that you have to like study for like an initiation thing and that I just imagine the Harry Potter hat, like selecting if you get to go in or not, um, telling you if you're allowed.
0: (laughs) No, uh, I I don't, I
1: never thought I would mess around with ATR practices
0: ever. What Um, does
1: ATR stand for, for those that don't know?
0: African traditional religions and um. Going by what Black folks have told me, religion is really the wrong word. Okay. Their, their religion is a, is a spirituality and a, a type of witchcraft practice that's woven together. So it's not the same as what we consider religion.
1: Are there different, um, like versions of and I don't know if you're the right person to ask but like different versions of like traditional like African tradition whether you call that you know religion or whatnot here in the U.S. versus like in actual Africa due to all of the colonization and everything
0: yeah um basically um I don't have extensive knowledge about it but there is like if we take um instance, we think ifa so there's a nigerian version the original what i am told is the original then there is a afro cuban version and there is also uh, some version from puerto rico they are all very very similar hmm. um of the slave trade i hope i'm getting that right um and like like for instance uh there are more there's bigger uh, details in this, but uh, you can tell that I am in the Afro-Cuban version because I have pink and yellow bracelet. Um, I believe the Nigerian or the original version um, is, I said pink, green and yellow version. There's this green and brown and different names for those things, but it's not relevant to the conversation.
1: Interesting. I would be like, I just feel like that's like a topic that I could dive into so, like with on somebody and just learn so much. Um I want to go back to your conversion into Hinduism. So mm-hmm. what kind of sparked that conversion for you? And you said there's not like an initiation process for that, but it's a lifestyle change. What kinds of things do you change?
0: Okay, so when I uh went through all the f- <laughs> so many religions Uh, Knocking down the list, (laughs) Hinduism was one of the last ones because it's the oldest, and I wasn't going to go into African religions at that time. Um, uh, Hinduism was one of the oldest, so I saved it for last because I like to look for origins. Uh, And everything that we have current to date discovered uh, scientifically is recorded already five to 6,000 years ago in their text. And so I was like, when I started reading into it, I was like, oh, okay, this is what I know is true already. And here it all is. And uh, so I had worked for a family in uh, uh, an Indian East Asian, no, Indian Asian family in uh, a little town called Richburg, South Carolina. I worked for them already. And uh, they did a different sect. So Hinduism has been broken up into sects, just like Christianity has. Oh, okay. And uh, I didn't, they don't care though, what sect you are. So when I came to them and I was like the closest temple we have, you know, I told him what I had been doing and how I came to that, that it was ongoing. And I was like, I need to learn more about it. But the only temple is near me is in Charlotte. <laughs> And they were like, oh, yes, okay, meet me on Saturday. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing is, that to, to the easy the easy way in, if you mean it, is to go up and approach an Indian man, mostly. They're usually the ones that are in the working. And they take me to the temple, and so you learn uh, customs and uh, the respectful things that you do in a temple and how it works, even though that wasn't the particular sect. Um, that I chose to do. Um, and what I mean by lifestyle change is, um, <clears throat> so like Christians, the majority of Christians, they read their Bible each week at the church. You know, even diehard ones will read it at home. But Hinduism, <clears throat> tenets, I guess if you would call the most important tenant in Hinduism is respect of all things natural. All things. That doesn't mean that the fly has feelings. That means that the fly exists for a reason, whether we understand it or not. So you must give it respect. And uh, when you go into the world, uh, realizing that you need to respect anything living or natural, it starts to change how you act towards people and towards the world, period. And I'm trying to give a good example. So for instance, I lived in the country, real out in a rural area at that time. So when we went to, uh, I needed to build a new uh, pen for some livestock that we had, not a big pen. It wasn't a matter of clear the trees out. So before, I would have just cleared the area. Right. But with Hinduism, if it doesn't need to be removed, you don't remove it just because. So that's what it it can affect everything. So it even affected how I built the pen. Mm -hmm. If there's trees with like bird's nest in it, don't touch that tree until the spring is over. And it has nothing to do with your your morals or think that that things have feelings it is learning it teaches you to tap back in to the natural systems of things and in the natural world I mean if you look up at the tree forest even they that the the crowns don't touch each other Mm -hmm. so that that's in in the teachings they're like even the trees respect each other so why aren't you and it, it makes you look around and go okay respect is not necessarily about you know how in America we we've gotten to the point where you need to earn respect. Yeah. Respect is about that thing has a right to exist. And that's what changes the way that you think and the way that you approach people and the way that you react, because it's not about you earning my respect. It's that you, me, the tree, the rock, it, exist and that's enough to initially give it respect period It like it changes the way you look at the world it changes the way you interact with people and since they have um little minor things it kind of gets woven into your life on a book that you study you know uh the scriptures basically hinduism they're like here's all our holy teachings here If you, you read them, if you have questions, you know, you go to someone, if you have a question, it's not preached. Mm -hmm.
1: So like, they're kind of like, uh, holy things that you would read. Like when, so for me being raised in, um, of a sect off of Christianity, um, we had like Jesus's parables or whatever. Is it similar? Is it that it's like the hind. I don't know. Is it the Hindu version of that? If for Christianity, if
0: Christianity was versed in that way, it would include all of the Hebrew ancient text, mm. all of the Bible, and the canons that are banned from the Bible. All of them.
1: And I find it, would, it mind-blowing the amount of people who don't know that there are more versions of the Bible than the King James Version. There are more documents than just the Bible. The, the Bible is like cherry-picked information that was put together and given as law
0: yeah and i i whenever I, I get people in my you know as clients stuff and they ask about it i have um uh, an encyclopedia bible from 1908 it's an encyclopedia set yeah is it the
1: big gigantic one it's the encyclopedia set oh, i can show okay. a
0: picture of it right now it's volumes. It's the or, or <laughs> the older uncut versions, and so it's a whole fucking. Vo- I think I got it's about twenty volumes. Holy fuck balls! Including, and it's not big font, uh, and it does include uh, what people call the apocrypha. So I have um, the Jubilees, uh, the Maccabees um because a lot of those were still and they still are in the catholic bible i think i think but i tell people i was like you don't have the full bible look how full it was less than 100 years ago mm-hmm. that's not in your king james bible so it, on top of the fact that it was translated horrendously because i took such a deep dive into judaism um, people aren't aware of how much of the bible has been removed
1: I wonder if the the kind of information that you give based off of your research I wonder if people would like there's such a especially in America there's such a push of like oh well they don't have a degree in that and people can literally take religious studies and not learn as much information but they have a degree so they're listened to and it makes me wonder if you were like oh, I have this religious studies degree. If then people will be like, oh, that's an accountable source to listen to because she has a degree. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do.
0: And the one thing I've had people approach me. It's a really irritates me when people do that. And they'll tell me, I'll comment about something. And instead of just counter arguing, they'll be like, well, I have a degree and..." no and uh, when I've had enough, I, and I'll, I'll say it right here, I have two degrees, one in sciences and one in mathematics. You will never see it on my name. It's not in my book. It's not in my Witchcon intro because having a degree does not equal intelligence. And the people that follow me, they, they know that. And they've asked me before. Um, why don't you know why don't isn't that up on your name why don't you show and I was like it doesn't matter if you're going to listen to me only because I have uh an associate's in in science and uh a bachelor's in mathematics you don't need to be listening to me because if that's what if your ears are closed unless you hear that you don't need to be listening to me you're, you're already gone. You already have your ears closed. And and the thing is, is that a degree can be. Um, I got in a big fight on TikTok with, I believe this psychologist's name is Dr. Inna. She has a doctorate behind her name. She is a completely biased, ultra, ultra leftist psychologist. That should be illegal. That's a science.
2: Hmm. You should. And so you, you shouldn't.
0: Oh, my God. That's why I tell people now, do not go to any therapist. I'm just going to tell you all right now. Do not. As a side, that's a science. You're not supposed to have. A side, especially when it comes to dealing with people's minds. So I don't care how many letters you have after your last name. It doesn't mean shit to me, period. that's why I don't use them after mine. I don't care. Don't mean shit. So it's not that, yes, they would listen to me if I was like, I'm a published author and I have this degree and I have that degree. And they'd be like, oh, let me listen. I don't give a fuck, that don't make me smarter than you. It doesn't. (laughs) So yeah.
1: I like that there's more conversation about there being other options for things other than you have to go to school to completely educate yourself or to know information, like on all different aspects, there's a lot more. I feel like, um, what's it like trade school options or like on the job, like training for something or more options with the internet for like what I do with like content and podcasts and you do with your, your content and all that.
0: I I agree. Um, Trade school was a big thing when my brother came. And then they, my generation, I graduated in 94. That's when they really started pushing college. But when these young folks <clears throat> ask me, because they do, because apparently a, a lot of y'all have moms that just weren't momming. <laughs> they might have been loving, but they really weren't momming. And they'll be like, what the hell do I do? And I'm like, let me tell you something. The dumbest thing I ever heard is when my guidance counselor came to me in 12th grade and said, well, do you know what you want to do? No. There are some people that know exactly what they want to do. And they're driven. Uh, it's it's their life. They're going to be a scientist. They're going to be this. They're going to be that. The majority of us are just like, bitch, I don't
1: know. What did you I'm... want to be when you were 12?
0: A marine biologist.
1: I thought I was going to be an archaeologist, which we had big goals. <laughs> Marine <laughs> But what I
0: tell them is, uh, when don't feel forced to decide. If, if you're not sure what you want to do, before the age of 21, go get an associate in science from a local tech. Because if you mm-hmm. get this, no one's going to hire you. Nobody gives a F. Wait, I'm on a podcast. Nobody gives a fuck about your philosophical feelings. They're not going to hire you. The reason you get an Associates in Sciences is because that tells any employer you were taught how to critically think and solve problems, which is absent in today's education. system. So you can literally get any job that will pay your bills like you can live alone and pay your bills with an Associates of Science degree while you finish figuring out life and if and what you want to do. That's what you need to get in today's world because it's so changing when I, when I was coming up, no adults delivered pizza or worked in grocery stores. The job market is insane, right? For you guys.
1: So, and so multiple things that I want to say on that. So for me, um, I started out with interning while I was in high school and getting those job skills and then turning that into like a paid position, whatever. I went to school for my bachelor's in um, psychology and in business. The, my birthday, I'll never fucking forget this. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I was supposed to graduate the beginning of June. I went in on my birthday, May 25th to the front door. There's a sign saying our school has been shut down and to await further notice the school got shut down for not being an accredited college. It was Healed College. There are a bunch. It was like Yotech was in with it. A bunch of shit, and um, so everybody who had their degree, it was null and void. Those of us who hadn't gotten our degree yet, we didn't get a degree, and um, we're um. The Department of Education has all of our loans in forbearance. And so we don't have to pay on them. They show that they're in good standing, but they still sit on our credit. And this happened in 2014. Um, So, jobs that I've gone and interviewed for, I've literally had to be like, I can't show you the education that I have, but I have the education. And so I think like people. Uh, And I just hired for an assistant and I, and I realized this too. People right now are more ought to hire somebody that they think is going to be dependable and consistent and is willing to learn than they are necessarily you having that specific degree because so many people with degrees aren't actually smart.
0: (laughs) I think that when that, when more of your age group is the ones doing the Mm -hmm. hiring, that's when that'll change what you're talking about is is a, a very small slot in the job market right now because there's still people my age and older doing the hiring that are so, like
1: you need to have a degree
0: got, well the company requires the paper see what i'm saying like yeah,
1: the, yeah. so as a if
0: you're graduating right now i would still say go get your associates in science From whatever local college it is. Yeah. Right. And then go forward. Once in, let's see if I, how old
2: are you? 28.
0: All right. So I'll be
1: 29 next month.
0: I'm Gemini. 10 years older than you. So, in probably 10 years or so, especially the way, oh, I love the way this last generation will walk the fuck out of a job. I love that. In 10 years or so, the degree will be less important because more folks your age are going to be the people hiring and owning the companies.
1: Correct. And you'll be treated with respect and you won't have to worry about me touching your titties unless I have your permission. Cause I'll want to.
0: Right. And, and, and <laughs> I've been watching that change. I mean, it does happen. Like I got lucky with my position with, okay, I'm not going to say that company out loud, but the corporate position I had, uh, because they hired me, I was wearing long sleeves and a pretty scarf around my neck, it was the office. And uh, I kept that up until my 30 day probationary period was over, <laughs> but I had proved myself. Uh, and then I came in with short sleeves uh, and no scarf. And I got lucky because they didn't give a shit.
1: They didn't what care. Did you think they are gonna care about your tattoos?
0: Oh, they absolutely a lot of places still do and this is a very old uh i would call it republican yeah type.
1: isn't it isn't it wild that they'll hire literal sex offenders to work at schools but heaven forbid that you have colored hair or fucking tattoos it's yeah. mind-boggling to me
0: yeah so i
1: i got fortunate
0: um nothing has ever been said i mean i wouldn't come in there with a face tattoo If I wanted to advance, because that's the way it is right now, but uh, nothing was said, but there's some jobs, some grocery store jobs. You can't have a tattoo. Are you serious? Or you can't have a piercing, but that's changing because Mm -hmm. uh, are you, you're a millennial? Yes. The the millennials are coming up into their uh, 30s and whatnot and everybody's coming up and it's going to completely change and that's good because it's to restrict someone from working for the image of the company the companies are learning that they're having a hard time keeping employees if there's one thing i like about millennials and especially gen z y'all will not (laughs) when that clock hits y'all out I don't care if your person didn't show up like y'all will not put up with shit. And I'm so for it because like yeah. I raised my kid the same way. I was like, if you're treated like shit, it's a gas station. Leave and lock the door behind you. Mm-hmm. But I like that. But we got off the witchcraft subjects.
1: <laughs> um, this podcast is always a fucking whole thing. Most people. I. Nah. Maybe not most, but a whole lot of people that come on here are very neurodivergent. And it is just, we are off into so many different topics. What does the tattoo on your chest represent? This one? Yes.
0: So this has a cute story. Okay, so Jade was uh, maybe third or fourth grade when you still made hand turkeys. Yeah. given. Since they made one, uh, even though we didn't celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, we celebrated family food day a couple days later. Um, she learned to do the hand surgery. So on her own in her room, she used to, uh, excuse me, they're a, a he, they now. Sorry. So um, they used to draw. And so they drew this. As you can see, they, saw, they had seen the Fifth Element movie. Um, but this is their hand uh, that they used. And they said it was red nail polish. And they said, this is the energies coming off of the hand. Now, I didn't raise Jade in witchcraft or any type of religion. Because I wanted that to be their own decision. Um, And I lose everything. And it was before it was trendy to uh, tattoo your kids' drawings. But uh, it just felt different to me. I was like, I don't think kids usually draw
1: now. Is that a trend? I would skip that trend.
0: It was a trend about seven years ago. People had the stick drawings. Well, I mean, I
1: think that's super cute, right,
0: what you have. Well, what we found out later, years later, when I was on TikTok, because I'm dumb, just like earlier when we tried to open a podcast, I'd just be missing shit. Somebody was like, is that a hand of glory? And I was like, oh, my fucking God. I don't know if you know what a hand of glory is. Um,
1: I brought my tablet because I fucking knew you were going to be talking about shit that I'd have to research, and I came prepared because the bitch doesn't like to be caught off guard.
0: Yeah, it's a. Pre- you can look it up. It's uh originally it was a uh warning against thieves, but it's since the glory.
1: dried and pickled hand. Okay, I'm gonna read this out loud for those that may not know either. Okay. Uh, fuck. That's that's not it. I'm it took me to porn. Okay.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> all of a sudden, it was just some
1: fucking hand whacking off a big old dick. End of glory, too. Okay. Um, I do suggest that people watch the video version of this because the amount of times that you use quotation hands and that I'm like, we just, I just am loving all of this. Okay. Um, A hand of glory is the dried and pickled hand of a hanged man, often specified as being the left hand. Or if the person was hanged for murder, the hand that did the deed. Is that the one you're talking about?
0: Yes. So they would take the hand um and they would also take uh when they chop the hands of the
1: fat from the corpse of the same malefactor okay so old europeans uh beliefs attribute great powers to a hand of glory combined with a candle made from fat from the corpse of the same malefactor who dies on the gallows the candle so made, lighted and placed as if in a candlestick in the hand of glory would have rendered motionless all persons to whom it was presented. The process for preparing the hand and the candle was described in the 18th century documents with certain steps uh, disputed due to difficulty in properly translating phrases from that era.
0: So it started out being like that and so there were wicks on the ends of the fingers uh and obviously we don't still There's yeah <laughs> a photo
1: if you guys are on the patreon watching this
0: yeah and so it uh eventually uh since we can't always chop it off the hands of people and making candle whites from their fat uh it became symbolic as a protection symbol that is so cool uh so they drew this for me in third or fourth grade because i i never When your kid tells you that it's fingernail polish, then (laughs) it never occurs to you that it's flames. So that was a good uh, 18 years after I'd had it tattooed, something like that.
1: I like it. I always say that there's no coincidences in magic. And I like when shit like that comes up.
0: Apparently not. Because I was like, (laughs) right here, that's where I want it. And my, my tattoo guy um, was like, do you want me to make it symmetrical? And I was like, no, just copy it directly the way they drew it. Um, so, yeah,
1: that's been the hand. That's a beautiful bonding piece. Okay, so we talked about um, your journey into discovering Hinduism. So how long did you practice Hinduism, Hinduism for? And then how how did you kind of section out of that and decide that you wanted to do something else?
0: Um, okay. So I started uh, practicing Hinduism when I was 31 or 32. And that did not change until February or January or February of this year. Uh, and what happened was, uh, I thought I was going to be Hindu till I died. Period. Um Oh, I'm sorry. You can't be Hindu unless you're from there. I thought I was going to practice Hinduism until I died. Um, And then a friend of mine wanted to get their Mano De Arula, which is your hand in Ifa. That's an initiation process uh, into an ATR spirituality called Ifa. And I had gotten a reading. Four years prior from this time that uh from a, a guaranteed reader, like I would bet my life on him. That's how accurate he was. And he told me that I'm not allowed to go into any HBR practice unless it was for all. He said, I'm needed for all so I could practice the Spiritismo, which I didn't. You know, I was a Hindu at the time and did physical witchcraft. Uh And so this February or January or February um when I, I told him I didn't think it was me and my dumb ass didn't think it was going to be a big thing I was like okay you know he, he said you go in there get your hand you do the thing get your hand in the and they will tell you what Arisha is at your head so what what Arisha is for you uh and so I just figured I was going to go in there and get some extra protection and venerate this Arisha the way I'm supposed to. Who doesn't need more protection? Um, that is not what happened. That is not what happened. Um, I can't go into the details because the mysteries are mysteries for a reason. But uh, I got my ass chewed out and rang out. And uh, the reason I listened is because these people didn't know who Witchfoot was. They didn't know who my friend was. They're not even know on the internet. And they started after they, it, it's, a, it's a divination process where they're talking to what, what we would, just, whatever you refer to God as. Mm-hmm. And uh, they started telling me about a relationship between me, mm-hmm. my dead father, and my brother that absolutely no one on the planet knows about. And, um, and then they started being more specific with my relationship with my dad and, uh, because apparently he had decided to show up. And I knew that I was like, um, you know, that audio from TikTok where where it goes, it was at this time that he realized he had fucked up. Yeah. I, I realized I was like, oh, this is for real, real, real. Uh, and, uh, I had to change, uh. Several things. Uh, I can't practice baneful anything anymore. I can still teach it, but I'm not allowed to practice it. And there's a legitimate reason for that. And um, which I can't sorry, I can't tell you. Okay. (laughs) But um I I had to do uh what ended up happening is I had to do a complete spiritual 180 in about four weeks
2: wow and this is when i
0: um i, I practice hinduism devoutly and uh if you've been with me any amount of time i've had a daemon that's been with me in every lifetime and in this one um and i had to switch and i can't uh talk about the daemon on here i'm still still it's still raw <laughs>
1: uh
0: but it I will know the people that will, will view this that do you know that that's the one I call the big guy. It wasn't about him, he is not bad. It it, it it associated with him, but it wasn't about him. And he had actually given me a year's worth of warnings, but since the possibility of not him being there, that was not a possibility, I missed it all. So if you've had an entity or a physical person that's been with you um for that many years and then you literally have to one day just cut them out of your life um absolutely uh, if i didn't have bpd it would be really traumatizing <laughs> and when i get sad or i cry it's because i miss the presence yeah uh, i'm traumatized by what happened I definitely don't regret any any of it. I will tell you that. Been an absolute 180, best decision I ever made.
1: I was just gonna say that <laughs> you can see it in the mirror.
0: Random. Let me move it. <laughs> I'll cut that part out. Yeah, I don't uh regret any of it. I miss the big guy more than words can rest, but for what I can say is it's in this lifetime, in this lifetime, we are only done in this lifetime, so it's not a permanent thing, Uh, but whatever I'm supposed to do, uh, he had to be, he had to go to sleep for a while.
1: So that, so that transition for you was fairly recent then. Cause you said like January, yeah. February. So then, so just so I'm following along correctly. So, um, you went and had that experience and then decided that you needed to move forward in this new way. Is it Eva? Is that what you said?
0: Eva IFA, IFA
1: IFA. Okay. So Eva, um, did you, Like, at that moment, you were like, okay, this is like a spiritual practice that I want to follow?
2: Well. I know I'm timelining you. Sorry. (laughs) No, you're fine. I'm trying to think of what I can say. Yeah, and if that's not an okay topic, too, we can move on. Once I say this, it'll make
0: I, I was um, visually shown, um, and I'm not a big vision person. Basically, if I didn't do what God was advising, which is not God, but whatever word you use for that. yeah, uh, I was shown what would happen to me in growing my power in the path I was in which you know all right but it was what absolute destruction um would come to
2: my immediate family okay and thank you for sharing that i had to confront would i really do that you know i had to think about i was like would I really do that? Would I really go that far for the power? Um and and it, I just had
0: to go. Yeah, yeah. That side of me exists. And if you're in it when you're doing it, you're not gonna notice the damage it's doing. See what I'm saying? And I said, Yeah, that is something that I just really looking inside myself and the fuck-ups I've done in the past, I was like, Man, I would. I would. And so, and I wouldn't even notice that that those people's lives were being destroyed until it was too late. The damage would be done. So, um, it was an ugly little bit of shadow work I wasn't planning on doing,
2: uh, but if I was just
0: gonna fuck myself up, myself up, I'm stubborn. I might have went ahead and did. It. I might have been like, "Fuck it, fuck." Um, I only live once. YOLO. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm gonna be like Darth Vader and wave my hand and choke somebody out. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. But it was the price for that. Yeah, uh, was not
2: one I was willing to pay. And so
0: uh I switched. Because it wasn't a threat. It's not like they were like, you better join IPA or not, <laughs> you know. They they were, uh I didn't know you could see things that clearly <laughs> uh when it's not really there. But uh yeah, there's some weird shit to be happening like in movies and uh no that there's not many things that broke me but that absolutely broke me and I was like that's just no and so uh yeah so that's when I was like we're going we're going ifah
1: do you feel a change like do you feel a change like in your spirit about since you did that there's a
0: huge change in what I don't feel so I'm glad you asked that so I, I was born into and raised in in what is uh, we refer to as the left hand path. A lot of people think that means devil and bad, but it's not. It has to do with negatively charged, low vibration. And no, I don't mean like spiritual talk vibration, like sine wave, low vibration energy. And uh, uh, there are spirits that dwell in that too. I was born that way. Um, and after being in witchcraft for so long. Uh, I didn't realize how heavy and how much energy it took to maintain the type of protections that I had over me, my house, and my family
2: until I didn't have to anymore. Mm -hmm.
0: Everything was a lot, lot lighter. I'll tell you one physical well, I guess it's psychological, but it felt physical side effect that happened. Uh, after the, uh, there's a specific, uh, I guess we're going to call it like ceremony that severs the spiritual cord between me and the big guy. And there are some really physical things that happened. Uh, the minute the final, action happened in that ceremony um i was thrown forward i was standing and i was like thrown forward uh that's that's hard to do to 200 somebody's 263 pounds. it was a very real physical um my my body started reacting really weird like uh And not just crying in grief, but it was just like, I guess most people might call it shock. I don't know what the fuck it was. I never felt it before. And they give you a specific bath that you take afterwards and all that. And I felt raw. Like when you
2: take the skin off of a blister too soon. Mm -hmm.
0: Both spiritually and physically. I felt so raw and exposed. So these energies do make like an armor over you. And when it's gone, it's like a fucking turtle without a shit. And I became, I did not post much during that time because I haven't been vulnerable in an extraordinarily long time. And uh, I didn't post because I was like, Uh, I did end up getting hit twice, though, during that time. (laughs) Uh, The people that follow me know that somebody absolutely nailed me at that time. Uh, Magical attack or whatever. I knew what you meant. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't until the final uh, ritual thingy uh, was done. (laughs) And then right when that was done... Uh, the way I like to describe it is there was, this is where in the physical body, it felt like, uh, the big guy stayed in me, um, that felt hollow and raw, but after the final thingy, um, something very, which I cannot tell you about, but something absolutely unorthodox happened, uh, in that room regarding a couple of Orisha, um, and something uh, this was replaced that's as nicely as i can that makes sense but at the time when i gave it up i did i had no idea anything was being replaced that was just my choice i thought i was going to get beat up a lot more because
1: (laughs) but uh yeah, there was How, very- so I have to ask you mm-hmm. when it comes to you being a content creator and you sharing pieces of yourself and, and whatnot on there, and mm-hmm. you going through something so vulnerable like that and not wanting to share it, but then I see comments about like you don't share enough about what you're going through or about your life or your surface or whatever. How do, how do you feel being the person who like is trying to share with others, but is going through things at times that you're getting major backlash on social media?
0: What is it like for me? Mm -hmm. Um, I keep them separate as much as, as much as I have a presence on TikTok. When I tell you, I don't talk about TikTok because the minute I put my phone down, I don't know how other people do. There's a real separation for me. So, well, when I was going through that, that that makes me vulnerable uh, to the people that want to hurt me. So I'm not announcing that shit. But in, I think this is what you're asking. I once I put my phone down, that's it. I, I don't, it. I don't talk. And my my business is based off of TikTok. But when I put that phone down, that's it. We're done. I don't. It doesn't play into my actual life the way it does so many people that I see.
1: I love that you say that because I'm the same way where I literally, I'm just like, you think that I give a fuck, like Uh, all the, you know, bullshit that I get for, you know, guests that I have on the podcast or anything. I'm like, you literally just gave me views over nothing over me being over me being kind to somebody that you don't like. And that's always, to me, I'm always like, you look like a clown.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't know if it's, I can't say it's my age because there's bitches as old as me that do this shit, but like, they will argue like, like it's real life. Like, when you I never them, know
1: what's happening and going on with anything. And I'll have a podcast guest on and somebody will be like, oh my gosh, you know what's going on with them, whatever. I'm like, I could, I don't fucking care.
0: <laughs> they, they act like it's real life. And I'm like, I don't know if it's because, I know it doesn't all have to do with age, because there's some bitches my age and older on there. Is
1: it because they think that that stuff that you're doing on your platform affects people in real life? Do you think that, like, oh, they think?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah and they think that about everybody else, either. Everybody yeah, else.
1: yeah, it's not a personal thing. I just.
0: And so that, I, that's like, they always want me to be platformed. And I'm like, I bitch, I am black mold. I have a right to say what I am saying.
1: I think that everybody has a right to have their own voice and have their own opinions on things. And I think that everybody should be able to have that. And if you don't like what they do and you think it's harmful, avoid it and do something on your platform. That's the opposite of that, that like represents what you believe and and focus your time and energy on that. Like I
0: Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like I I I I mean it gives me views. It gives me views. When people go
1: are you kind of like where like you don't care if it's negative or positive, it just it builds your platform. Um
0: yes, but the reason why so no publicity is bad publicity. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I'm not, I don't have any kind of goal. I wasn't, I didn't even get on here to be an influencer. I don't even like using that word. I don't like the, the reason I don't care is because I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I said. And these people that, that, uh, do the hating, or I call them resistant fans, um, they don't fuck me, feed me or finance me. So I don't, I don't care.
1: I know who I am, period. So- okay. So speaking of um, you saying, fuck me, I have to tell you something. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to tell you this or whatever. Okay. So I'm in a group chat with some girls that, uh, do mentorship with me. And Mm -hmm. this was when I had been reaching out to you, like wanting you on the podcast and you, and I was telling them like, you don't understand I'm getting her on the podcast. I don't give a fuck. Like she hasn't said no, she just hasn't responded. Like I, and so, um, you had finally emailed me back. And so I sent a screenshot to the group chat and I was like, you fucking guys. So we're talking about it. I go to sleep and have a dream that you tried to sleep with me. And, and I was like, well, I, I just wanted to have you on the podcast and you're like, this is how I make business transactions. (laughs) And I was like, but I don't want to do that. And, um, so then I ended up waking up and you had posted the video of when you're like, when people say they have dreams about me and like all the places that you're traveling.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I was fucking dying. So anyways, I,
0: and I don't, I don't, I know that I do it, but I, I don't keep up with the, What is it? The people call their higher self. Me and that bitch don't talk. I, I don't have time. I don't remember anything about it. Nothing. I just know what happens. But yeah, that's funny. <laughs> You're not the only person i propositioned in their dreams. Apparently.
1: <laughs> I'm like, wait, I just wanted you on the podcast. You're like, this is <laughs> how I do my business transactions.
0: Get out own know, grab a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, you're not the only one that I've apparently propositioned.
1: That's hilarious. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, uh, that that actually sounds pretty accurate. I always let everybody know it's a 420-friendly podcast. I'm going to be high. You can bring whatever your vice is.
0: <laughs> uh, if it was uh, earlier in the day, I got an Adderall, but it's too late. But I am a. 40- <laughs>
1: You're fucking popping Adderall and talking about smoking a bowl.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I get uh, Adderall every now and then. I keep them, but it's too late in the day. I'm a responsible drug user now. Uh, I've always, I I have no problem with uh, weed at all. I don't think that should be considered a drug at all. Um, but any kind of drug, as long as it's used recreationally, it can be very problematic. But I don't give shit. I don't think that's another thing. I don't think that should be illegal. If I want to take drugs until I die, then that's not nobody else's problem, but mine. I don't think drugs of any type should be illegal. Or at least the possession of it.
1: You know what? I haven't done enough like research on different stances on it, but I will say that I think that giving people who have drugs on them longer time in prison than you're giving fucking pedophiles is a real problem. And that's uh, that actually happens i
0: think that possession of a personal amount or uh getting called being fucked up or whatever why are you putting them in jail i died of an overdose and as soon as i woke up they wouldn't let me out soon enough so i took out my own iv and walked the fuck out of the hospital and i did another eight ball that night
1: I don't know what the solution is, but I just don't it doesn't seem like funds that get raised for this or that are given get actually utilized in anything that's going to help the drug epidemic. And like, you know, I think it was San Francisco that they started giving out clean needles and like areas to like dispose of them, but they were just doing their drugs on the street with the clean like they're still doing it but now they're doing portland it
0: portland right now they portland is
1: i'm like yeah. i'm from california but i'm not from that california
0: <laughs> yeah I, um I think the, the drug abuse in this country is a symptom yes of things that are not going to get fixed that's what i try to like tell.
1: like more mental health support
0: Oh, it goes bigger than that. Uh, it goes deeper than that when I say it's not going to be fixed. Um, the the jobs are not there because they went overseas because people wouldn't buy American and companies are too greedy to take a cut in their profits. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. When you can't provide for yourself, no matter what, and you can't afford to go to school, and even if you do go to school, I don't know if your ass is going to get a job or not. So it goes a lot deeper than mental health. Of course we have a mental health problem, but it goes so much deeper than that. And I'm like, it's it's a symptom of something that you're not, it's not gonna be fixed in this country, period. Sorry, it's not going to be. And, uh, you know, it's disgusting. There are so many good things about this country, but when when it's, You know, you can have this big, green, bountiful apple tree with lots of apples on it. Uh, But if you water it with chlorine water, it's going to die. Yeah. The apples will drop off first.
2: uh, Then the leaves. And eventually the whole core
0: of the tree, the system and trunk, are going to die.
1: I refuse to accept this. We're going to switch this around. So, okay. So I had a question. So you said that Hinduism was not a, like anybody could decide that they were going to do Hinduism if they did these lifestyle changes. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I've been seeing people saying that the goddess Kali, that people can't work with her or talk about her, incorporate her. And I'm confused. I so for me, like I use a Dark Goddess Oracle deck all the time that has a Kali card, and it like re- it resonates like so clearly with so many different people that I'm like, this doesn't. I don't know.
2: So I'm I'm gonna uh, uh I I'll let me tell you how this works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh The Hindu
0: gods are explained almost identically to the way the traditional African gods are. They were not pantheonic until colonization happened. So these are not deities that walked on the earth. So the traditional pantheon of deities were alive and walked on the earth here. Okay. And they passed away here. The what precedes them, the that was the world religion, no matter what name they used it under, it was the same. Uh, is like the primordial forces, they're different aspects of the one God, whatever it is that you say God is. God is like an untouchable force that runs through everything. It's basically, I mean, if you ever read where George Lucas got the force from, from Star Wars, that's why it's so similar. And when people want to tell stories or you want to call on a specific aspect, that's the incarnation, that being that you see in drawings and paintings and cards is an aspect that was plucked out of the entire uh personality or whatever you want to say god is and it forms a certain aspect that comes down like an avatar they okay like, they With
1: certain are certain energies and characteristics and like things that they like help you work through and whatnot
0: yeah so when, for for instance if uh you're having academic problems uh you would call down or pray to or give offerings to saraswati good fortune uh ganesh And so I think what people uh, who are not Hindu, number one, they don't understand how Hinduism works. But what's important here is that for you, it's not actually Kali that you are working with, as that was not a deity. It was a part of something else. But the dark feminine does flow through Kali in the same way that people claim that they work with the biblical version of Lilith, the she-demon, the one that went and ran off of Lucifer. Uh, that That's a myth. That Lilith didn't exist. But yet she's very powerful. She helps people all the time, just like Kali, because you're working with the dark feminine. That's what you're working with. And the dark feminine can be represented by a Lilith, Kali, Medusa. Hold on, I got a whole shelf of
1: them back there. Uh, I got all kinds of goddesses in this deck, and I just was like, "It's again, it's the dark goddess deck, full of like dark, like feminine energy." I always say that it's like, it's like the message that you need to hear that you're not listening to, and it's in your face. But also, it's like nurturing, and this is how you get it done. Yeah, yeah. And so I lot- like her energy that's contributed in that card. So I like that it's okay to use it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it is. That's what I'm saying. It totally is. I think what the people misunderstand is what exactly they're working with. In other words, the dark feminine is a primal force, period. It exists. Uh, It is part of the divine feminine. And it is, it flows through several different goddesses that either are not an actual deity or appear out of nowhere into the existing pantheons and people will argue with me about this to the end, but like, uh, the predecessor to Medusa, uh, was an, I think it's Akkadian. Don't, it might be a true uh, female healer deity. And that was why they had snakes and then poof, she appeared as Medusa that never existed before. Medusa. <laughs> you have, you have uh, this one really gets people steamed uh and and until i find archaeological evidence otherwise i'm gonna go by the archaeological evidence i has and that's hecate does not have a predecessor people get really bent about this one really bent out of shape what do you mean so everyone in deities has a predecessor so in other words like um uh, Zeus and Jupiter and then that is the same thunder god if you go all the way back in time all the way back to what we have written period mm-hmm. it's a deity by a different name it's like telephone uh, game through the centuries and then you have these oddballs that appear and Hecate and Medusa appear
2: and there's
0: some um, uh, at this point trivial evidence of predecessors like Medusa's predecessor was a very plain lady who bailed two staffs with snakes and had a snake belt that's who we think was her predecessor and Hakate Ak- has one of those either uh, but Hecate, Ak- there's one thing about Hakate that people don't seem to notice. And that is Hakate can appear as the trio. That concept has been around since time in memoriam. And it was not a being. It was an energy just like the divine uh, or dark feminine. So many different goddesses throughout time and cultures appear in that triage form, mother, maiden, and crone. Yeah. But in mythology, Greek mythology, we're cruising along and bam, Hecate. And you're like, where the fuck did that come from? So that's when it, when those different deities show up, I'm like, where's the history? I can follow everybody else back. Where's yours? But the the Mother Maiden Chrome has been, uh, that is even in uh, some of the oldest records of Orisha african religions uh it exists over in um uh, australia so that concept was not a actual being like the traditional pantheon was okay and people argue about me that all time but what i need them to know is that it doesn't change what you're working with it's like they need to know
1: actual thing instead
0: of a a spirit form and I'm like have you ever seen what a Buddhist Tibetan monk
1: can do well and if something doesn't resonate with somebody as being true for them in their practice they don't have to adopt that into their practice you know what I mean like if you said something and I was like fuck that like that that isn't my experience then I'm not gonna be like guess what I don't believe you
0: Yeah. Well, well, the thing, the thing is, is I don't, I don't pull these things out of my ass. So like on my older videos, I haven't remade the older ones when I'm dealing with subjects like this, I give resources (laughs) and citations so that people know this is not something I pulled out of my ass. I
1: had somebody who did my mentorship in my classes, who said that she had taken your classes. And the first thing she said was that every single piece of your class you had everything cited yeah
0: yeah so that people understand my opinion but what i'm i guess the thing i want practitioners to know is whether it is the spirit of a uh, of a deity that actually walked on the earth or whether it's an avatar of whatever you believe the god to be They're both absolutely legitimate things that you're working with. All I'm interested is that you know where your shit came from. The shitstorm when I informed people that Hades was not actually over the underworld. The absolute shitstorm. Because they had done what Christians do. And they picked one. Didn't care where it came from. And then dove all in. There is all now. Keep in mind when I say masculine and feminine, this is the forms that represent it. I don't mean actual ladies. The yeah. keeper underworld has always been a female, except for like in one Malaysian country in antiquity. Always, the Greeks did not like that because they are uh, <laughs> not a matriarchal not a matriarchal society, right? And so they switched it. And I was like, "Uh, Hades, is not, that's not the person who runs the underworld. And if you, this is the one they don't like. I'm like, if you don't believe me, then we can do a FaceTime call uh, and you can use your divination tools and you can ask him and he'll tell you. Persephone is the one. That deity or energy is the one that's over the underworld. The female-esque one. And I, I about broke witch talk. And I'm like, it's not my fault that you chose to act like a Christian, pick Hades out, never find out where it came from, where it originated at, just like Christians do. And then, do you
1: you think that maybe those types of like viewpoints or whatever are because the information that they're finding when they're researching is that's like what is being taught? No, they aren't researching. Oh. Because when I
0: inform them, the ones that don't immediately shut me down will go, I had no idea. And I'm like, I know. That's why you have to go further and further back. Know what it is that you're allowing into your space. I'm so, you know, that's to me, that, that's a cornerstone. A, a witch, what is going on here? It's like a cornerstone of witchcraft. Know what the fuck you're letting in your space. Ancient Greece was like a blink ago. It's not that long ago.
1: I think that it's important too that like, you know, there is a like craze of witchcraft right now. And with that is a lot of people that make content that's like Pinterest spells, aesthetically pleasing not that people how do i say that i want everybody to feel like um supported in their practice or whatever and like you have a right to practice but also like don't get shit off of pinterest and
0: like yeah that way my my fucking practice is not your trend and i don't mean that in a my tradition you know like native americans are like no i don't mean it's not that deep where people are you're not stealing my identity my god witchcraft didn't come from white people but what i'm fighting against is the disneyification yeah the, the problem here is playing disney or playing pinterest which can fuck you up it's like playing with dynamite that's the difference it's dangerous so it, it it makes others look at practitioners like me and be like oh what the fuck ever fucking oh I'm a witch and I'm like bitch I've been doing this for 36 years but more importantly than uh well no at this point I'm so bent out of shape no that's more important but also when they when they fuck around they can fuck people up they can fuck themselves up and I'm like real harm And and that's why I brought the mirror, the the mirror, live mirror footage in. So these people understand it's not a game. It's not a game. If you want to have a witchy aesthetic, have at it. Because most witches don't use that aesthetic. (laughs) We just dress like everybody else. You know, have at it. Uh, But if you're going to post your bullshit on a public media forum and i happen to be the one that come across it and it's some absolute just bullshit like when i make mud pies with grass and stuff a lot of times i will pass by and i and i'll block it but sometimes i just i just can't i just can't no more like what are you doing like the people here's one thing thank goodness these people didn't know what they were doing when when Roe versus Wade was a flipped. Do you know how many people just cursed SCOTUS?
2: Mm -mm. Thank goodness they were using lemons. They just
0: cursed the Supreme Court Justice of the United States, SCOTUS. Four out of five of those people voted not to overturn Roe versus Wade. So imagine if your dumbass little spell would have went through. Your curse would have went through. And you have four people that were on your side and you just tried to eat them off the face of the earth. What if that went through? You stupid bitch. You get paid back for that. None none of those people tethered their curses. So that action, let's say one of them, that they didn't use lemons, that they're doing something legitimate. And all those probably thousands of curses towards scotus went through and those four people that were on i've
1: never heard of using lemons for curses
0: it is used we'll get into that in a minute there's a reason they are used
1: okay if they had
0: been successful none of these bitches had their spells their curses tethered that comes back when you do that you have to tether for unjustifiable shit. They could have killed themselves, their family members, when that stuff ricocheted back. That's what I mean. It's dangerous. It's not It's not a game. It's not Pinterest. You want to just have the aesthetic? That's cool. Don't be posting it saying it's a spell. I'm going to hurt your feelings if I'm in the right mood. Lemons. <laughs> Lemons for cursing. Okay. Lemon is a, is a, is a ingredient that is polar. So not all ingredients, by polar, I mean, have, they can be used for malevolency and they can be used for benevolent purposes. Mm -hmm. One of those that, that is um, polar. Lemons are used in, I know they're used in brujeria or brujeria, I never say that right. And don't quote me on this, but it's either hoodoo or conjure. You can use a lemon, the sour aspect of a lemon, okay. with certain ingredients. When you're in one of those practices, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you why it doesn't work. Okay, it's not because you're white. That's not why it doesn't work. When you're dealing with a brujeria or um, brewer, bruj- I can never get their fucking pronunciation right, or hoodoo or conjure and stuff. There are spirits on the other side that recognize these ingredient combinations and what they are for. So there's a lot of spirits carrying out your magic, not just the ingredients and your own power. So if Becky does the same lemon and there's nobody over there to to recognize what that is, Becky is doing nothing. Becky is playing. That's what Becky is doing. Okay, it's like the ingredients for hot foot powder in hoodoo. Uh, the most common is uh, chili
2: pepper, maybe chili salt and pepper, chili
0: pepper, something like that. Um, if you put that together, the hoodoo spirits are the one that goes, oh, "Okay, what that's for? We're gonna go get these people to fuck up out of here." It's protection in physical witchcraft. Okay. Or for speedy protection. So that's what I'm saying. You can can accidentally F some stuff up.
1: Is hot foot powder like red salt?
0: No? Okay. No, it's just a a combination of um, almost positive. It's salt, pepper, chili pepper, uh, or chili powder. And then it varies a little bit per family in hoodoo, because hoodoo varies just a wee bit per family, whatever theirs is. Um, And it's made to, get you know, have people get the fuck up out of here. And uh, if you put that into a spell over and you're not one of those practices, you just made some speedy protection. You're going to protect your target. (laughs) But that's why I say there are rules. You can do it wrong, people. <laughs> and that's why it doesn't, you know.
1: Okay, they don't like so this. I so I make a red salt for protection. I mix it with my black salt and I do um, sea salt and chili powder and like peppers and shit like that. But I've always used that as a protection and I've never heard it called anything else. Exactly. Because- oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. the
0: <laughs> you know, foot powder is not protection. High foot powder is to run somebody to fuck off. Gotcha. Uh, and so when Becky tries to do it, I'm like, you just made a great protection powder for that person, and the lemon will help cleanse them as well. So good job. Like okay. it. And then that they have their fits, and I'm like, uh, go cry about it. There's a reason your shit doesn't work.
1: Well, There's a. That- Is it, is it that people genuinely don't want to hear that or is it like they want you to say it in a different tone? Both.
2: Both. So you have this group
0: of fucking delusional people that are like, I can do what I want. Intention is everything. And I'm like, okay, well, you're going to fail. So you can curse me right now with all your intentions and I'll just stand here in front of you and we'll see what happens. So you have the intention is everything, people. Your shit is going to fail. Period. (laughs) Period. There are certain bloodlines. I don't want to get too far into this because I don't have my citations in front of me. There are certain bloodlines that do not need ingredients. Okay? These bitches can look at you and put the evil eye on you and be like... And you're fucked. But when you're using ingredients, intention is not, no, I'm sorry, it's 50 50. Period. End of story. So you do have the folks that are uneducated about it and they're like, it doesn't matter what I put in. And I'm like, okay, well, if I. It matters
1: what you put in and it matters the intention that you (laughs) have because, in the same aspect, You can put whatever fucking all the ingredients that you want to and all the right ingredients. But if you don't have intention and also like a catalyst for spells that like that's something I teach in class, too, is like you have to have a catalyst and something that is driving your spell work. You can't simply just, you know, put your things together and be like, oh, my rosemary and my rose petals and my pink candle. They're going to love me, you know? Yep. So you have that you have
0: that crew. It's like, it doesn't matter, it's gonna work. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, curse me right now while I'm sitting in front of you, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. And then you have the people who do not like my style. And the thing is, is I my abruptness does come from getting aggravated, but I also use it as a filter. Filter motherfuckers out. Because if you can't take that gruffness or that bitchiness, or you think I'm hurting your feelings, um, if you can't stay in that moment long enough,
2: like that little fifteen second video,
0: to ask me something, I'm not going to. I don't want you to. Right. So if if I approach you in a gruff way. And you're just like, you're mean. And you go crying and running off. That's no sweat off my balls. But if you catch me in that moment and you do not judge me off of a 15 second video and you ask, like I've had people go, well, instead of it being a bitch about it, why don't you tell us how to do it right? And I write, you're absolutely right. I have that on this playlist, on this page. There
1: you go. So That's something too, is like, you do offer so many different like educational things. This is a pet peeve. I've noticed on your page that a lot of people will ask information in the comments. And I know that because they have these questions, they haven't invested into your classes and it really, and, and it happens in my inbox too. And it really drives me nuts for people to not understand that like, yeah like educating is like so exciting whatever we offer these kinds of things invest in our energy too yeah yeah i
0: do get repeats and, and a lot of time i will tell them uh well have you or i'll say have you been on my witchcraft education playlist here have you been on my witchcraft education playlist on youtube um the only time i'll pull up and repeat a something I've already covered before is if it's uh trending. Oh, okay. So like whenever threefold law comes back up, you know how it always cycles around. Yes. Um, that is to get more. There's a lot of people out there that want to learn the old stuff that I teach. And this can go for if you're on your page, when those stuff starts cycling around again, uh, sometimes I even repost the old original video because it'll go, it'll reach more people that want to learn because it's trending at that time. So you'll see me repeat things about like Mahatma powder. I'll repeat things about the threefold law. I'll repeat the cycle whenever the argument over Lilith comes back, uh, and I'll just repost it. Instead of arguing with it, instead of instead of going, you need to go here on my blah blah blah. I'll repost it because it's more people. My end goal through all of this is to pull as many people away from Christianity and Islam as possible. I don't care where you go; just go somewhere to your pagan roots. And so I will repost and repost so that the more the question, more people that question where they're at that see me or see one of my videos the better odds i have because pulling them away those two things will solve so many problems that we have so that's that's my end goal i've never if i wanted to a lot of people think like oh she does that for money if i wanted to i could sit here and make a hundred of each spell a week and uh, seal them in a bag and put them on sale they would sell yeah you know um there's a reason i don't do that i'm much more invested in teaching because it has i'm only one person but each person that i get to go okay maybe i am being brainwashed i just want them to ask the question i'm not trying to
1: ripple effect if one person questions something they can continue their research and their questions and that's how change happens
0: Yes and that's all I want. I'm not trying to convert you to shit. I just want you to go wait a minute. maybe I am brainwashed. that's all I want because that most the biggest thing about clicking people out of Islam and Christianity is then they start to question everything and that's what builds the mind. You don't assume anything when you come out of those things you question everything you'd be like, wait is the sky really blue? That's how you, Grow your intelligence about the world around you, it makes for better people. Period. So, I do have a noble cause, despite what everybody says, it is what it is. I'll just keep coming back, just like well,
1: I'm here to support you having a voice and a right to have your voice. And thank you for coming on here and talking to me for an hour and a half about like your all of your spiritual details. And this, you know, I guess. Some of your journey, and (laughs) uh, and rambling with me.
2: I like to.